This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Dear brothers and sisters, this is your brother Sheikh Khalid Yassin speaking to you from Philadelphia. It is um, August the 11th. MashaAllah, Tabarakallah, and many of our brothers and sisters, they have already left uh, to perform their Hajj. We ask Allah to accept that from them. Today I want to speak to the young Muslims in particular about the price of knowledge and the theft of it. I want to talk to them about the price of knowledge, the value of knowledge, and the sacrifice that you have to pay for knowledge. There are so many references in the Quran and the Sunnah to illustrate the importance, the status, and the responsibility of seeking knowledge. And I suggest that each of you, young Muslims, take the advantage of the internet and download with your personal archive these divine references. We don't need to recite many verses of the Quran and many sources of the Sunnah of Rasulullah on this topic. Today in my, discuss, uh, today in my discussion, It is very fundamental and direct. I want to be very fundamental and I want to be very direct in what I have to say. Those who seek knowledge without paying the price for it are like any other thief who goes to the marketplace and puts something in their pocket or in their bag without paying for it. You will wear it, you will use it, and you will impress others with it. But you know, and Allah knows, that you never paid for it. As for the value of knowledge, it is like the value of your mother, whose womb bore you, and whose hands took care of you, and whose days and nights were spent worrying about you. Tell me, how can you pay for that? As for the sacrifice of knowledge, think about the sacrifices made by the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Radiallahu, the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, alayhim salam Just to carry the knowledge, to represent the knowledge, and to deliver that knowledge to their people. Think about that responsibility. Think about the many sacrifices of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam throughout his blessed life just to fulfill the mandate of delivering the message of Islam to us. Think about the many sacrifices of his companions Radiallahu Anhum, male or female, and all of the generations after them up until now and all of the sacrifices and the suffering they had to endure just to preserve that knowledge. Ask yourself, what sacrifice have I made to receive knowledge? What sacrifice have I made to carry the knowledge? And what sacrifice have I made to distribute that knowledge. Dear brothers and sisters, I want to make this relevant to my own life. The topic, the price of knowledge and the theft of it. I want to make my statements relevant to my own sacrifice, my own endeavor, my own efforts 
And that knowledge which I researched, wrote with my hands, traveled all over the world to deliver, which according to the Islamic law is called hukuk al-fikriya wal-masna'iya. Hukuk al-fikriya means the hop, the rights that come as a result of someone's intellectual effort. And masna'iya means that they took that knowledge from their effort and they packaged it, whether into a book or into some other package in order that it could be distributed. This is called masna'iya. In this regard, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, I have traveled to more than 90 countries in the past 40 years. And I'm grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this exposure and this privilege. I have written more than 3,000 pages to document my experiences. And I have delivered more than 1,000 public lectures to share what I have learned. And at the age of 73, I am sitting here today delivering yet another lecture. Of course, it is a very short lecture, but nevertheless, I'm delivering another lecture, which I researched, which I wrote with my hands, which I'm delivering to you via Facebook Live. Yet, can you imagine that young Muslims just like yourselves stole my lectures, packaged and distributed them, and labeled it as if it was their own, all over the world. And they made money, and they are still making money. And they fed their families. They created more projects, and they made more money. But they never inquired about my family. They never inquired about my children, and they never inquired about my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. Don't you think my 13 children, don't you think my 69 grandchildren, don't you think my great-grandchildren, one of whom was just born just three days ago, don't you think that they deserve what your family has, which you have benefited from? with the theft of my lectures. Now I know that, and let me uh, I, uh, digress just for a moment. Uh, I know that there are a number of well-known scholars, du'at, students of knowledge who travel around the world and they give away their lectures for free. They give access to their lectures for free. That is their business. Maybe there's a foundation that they have that pays them for that. Maybe they have sponsors who pay them for that. Maybe that is their particular understanding. However, in Islam, anyone who has sacrificed their time, their blood, their energy, and used their intellectual faculties to develop, develop a book, or in this case, a lecture, or any other intellectual platform or tool to benefit human beings. That is their intellectual right. Now, I will admit that as a individual, as a lecturer, I was naive. I was unaware. I was motivated working hard, but I didn't realize that 20 years ago or 25 years ago, I didn't realize the value of documenting, registering um, my intellectual rights was so important. I didn't realize that. So that's my fault and I'll take the blame for what is my fault. But those who stole it 
and used it for themselves and are still using it today. That's not my fault. On a day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to ask you about that and thank you very much. On the day of judgment, I will share some of your good deeds if you have some. These Muslims who have stole my lectures and are still using them today for and making money, they call it barakah. SubhanAllah. That's what they call it. They say it's, it's barakah. How can you get barakah from something which is not yours? Now, I'm not saying that any Muslim anywhere in the world who has use my lectures, whether in DVD format, whether in a, some other format, or digital format, whether you're using it on YouTube or whether you're using it on any other platform. I'm not saying that you're using it and you're sharing it. I'm not saying that this is theft. No, I'm just saying that many Muslims in the world today uh, they just find something and they are using it and they are transferring it to other people and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward them for doing that. Here I'm talking about something different. I'm talking about individuals who have formed companies, alliances, uh, small groups who have decided to take my lectures and package them whether they package it in a digital format or they package it as a DVD or they package it in some other kind of form on a web page. And then after that, they are giving access to the public all of my lectures. And they are making money because on those same websites, even if they don't ask people for money, they are asking for donations. So how can you take something which doesn't belong to you. Package it, distribute it, make money from it, ask for donations for it, and you know it is not yours. This is absolutely haram. Now those students of knowledge and those knowledgeable people, those scholars or speakers or du'at who claim that all Islamic knowledge is free, that is their opinion. That is not the law across the world. If that were the case, all the authors, all the lecturers, all the intellectuals throughout the world, in the, in the modern world, they would not have the right to protect themselves. Their books would not belong to them. Their programs would not belong to them. Their lectures would not belong to them. They would have no right to charge for their lectures. They would have no right to monetize or distribute their books or their pamphlets. And they would have no right to protect their intellectual properties. So those scholars who say that, then just apply it to their work. If they said it, then access their work. Because by their saying that, their work becomes free to the public. Can you imagine another group of young Muslims who not only collected my lectures, showcased them on their own website, sold them in audio format, sold them in video format, and they continue to sell them today in digital format, yet they have contact with me. They could pick up the phone. They could send an email. There's so many ways they could contact me just to ask for my permission. But they have never done it. Because a thief will never ask the permission from someone whom they have stole from. That wasn't enough for them. Then some of those same young Muslims, they made Facebook pages with my name. Can you believe that? They made Facebook pages with my name. Some of them, they put just Khalid Yassin. 
some changed the spelling. Instead of Sheikh, S-H-A-Y-K-H, which is what is used by my company, by my colleagues, by my children, or by my students who refer to me as Sheikh, they spell it S-H-A-Y-K-H. So these very uh, well, we have to say they're smart. These very smart young Muslims, clever, yeah, that's the word. These very clever young Muslims, what they did, they changed the spelling to S-H-E-I-K-H. And they know I never used that. They know my children never used that spelling. They know my colleagues never use that. That is not the popular spelling for the reference to myself as Sheikh Khalid Yassin. So they changed that. S-H-E-I-K-H. And they called their Facebook page Sheikh S-H-E-I-K-H Khalid Yassin. And for, last, for the last at least seven years, Let me just uh, back up for a moment. Yes, they did call it unofficial. So they're stealing unofficially. They did call it, they did say, this is not an official page. So by their stating from the beginning, it's an unofficial page, you would think to yourself that they're being honest. No, they're not being honest. They're being tactical. They're being clever in their theft. And on their page, every quotation that they make, it says, Sheikh Khalid Yassin says, that is a lie. I never said anything that they said in the last seven years, eight years or nine years they've been saying it. It is an absolute lie. Okay, if they quote the Quran, that's the Quran, but Sheikh Khalid Yassin did not say that. If they quote what the Prophet said, okay, it is a hadith, but guess what? Sheikh Khalid Yassin, he did not say that. If they quote some intelligent saying, even though that saying may be correct, good. But guess what? That is not Sheikh Khalid Yassin's speaking. So if you have a Facebook page for over seven years, and everything on that Facebook page says, Sheikh Khalid Yassin says, Sheikh Ali Yassin says, and on that Facebook page now, you are taking donations. You are helping people to raise funds in different countries. You are facilitating issues. You are facilitating issues using the name of Sheikh Ali Yassin. Uh, this is deception. Plain and clear. Not only is it theft, misrepresentation, but it is blatant deception. Now, I asked these Muslims to stop. I communicated with them. My office communicated with them in a very dignified way. So I want people to understand, I didn't just wake up this morning angry and decided to say this. No, we've been talking with them, trying to communicate with them for the last at least five, six years, saying to them, you should stop. If you want, if you started out sincere, wanting to support my da'wah, okay, good. We're not blaming you for that. But you must make my office the administrator of that Facebook page because you are using my name and you are telling the public that whatever you're saying, whatever you're presenting to them, whatever you're delivering to them, Sheikh Khalid Yassin says. You're lying. This is blatant deception. You can put your own swing on it. You can uh, try to justify it in your own cultural way. But this is theft, plain and clear. We only asked, we didn't say to you to stop your work. We only asked you 
in a very dignified way to place that Facebook page under our administration or make us one of the administrators so that whatever you're doing, we would do it in collaboration, there would be transparency involved, and therefore there would not be any deception because we would be collaborating. In this way, you could continue to benefit, you could, the public could continue to benefit, and you would not be acting in such a blatant, deceptive way. So when we asked them to stop, they refused, saying, this is an unofficial page, and this is only for da'wah. Can you believe that? In our face, they said, no, we're not going to stop. This is for da'wah. We are stealing for da'wah. We are acting deceptive for da'wah. We are taking the rights that do not belong to us for da'wah. And we are using the sheikh's name. And 99 out of 100 people who go to the page and they see Sheikh Khalid Yassin says, 99 of 100 people think that's my Facebook page, and it is not. It is the page of a group of young Muslims in the UK, in London, who stole it, who are benefiting from it. And they told me, and they told my office, that our demands to either shut it down or play, make us administrators or collaborate with us so that we know exactly what's going on, they said, no, it's unofficial. And the demands of the sheikh is unreasonable, subhanAllah. These are Muslims that pray five times a day. These are Muslims who claim to be devoted to the da'wah. Uh, these are young Muslims who themselves go to the masjid and collaborate and sit in restaurants and universities and discuss Islamic knowledge and da'wah and issues every single day. So this type of theft has become a pathology. Until now, those young Muslims have collected more than 675,000 followers using the name of Sheikh Khalid Yassin, S-H-E-I-K-H Khalid Yassin. They have collected 675,000 followers. They are fundraising for people and they are engaging in international issues using my name. And they are saying, simply, it is unofficial. Now, recently, those same young Muslims, in a tactical move to eventually disengage from the use of my name, they are now using the terminology 21C, another title that Sheikh Ali Yassin made famous in the last three years, four years, Islam in the 21st century. This is what they mean. So I ask any Muslim, go to YouTube and see how many Islamic lecturers, du'at, leaders, scholars, or anyone see who has given lectures on the topic Islam in the 21st century. I have personally delivered more than 120 lectures around the world in over 31 countries using this title, Islam in the 21st century. And now because these young deceptive thieves see the benefit of this title, Islam in the 21st century. I didn't say this title belongs to me. I just say that in the last three or four years, I've delivered it in some 31 or 32 countries around the world using this title in order to express the importance of Muslims focusing upon the issues that are relevant to Muslims in the 21st century. So see now what they're doing. Uh, after each one of their uh, notations on their page, they're putting 21C. 
you know, Sheikh Khalid Yassin, they're still saying Sheikh Khalid Yassin says, but somewhere in the, in the, at the end of it, they're saying 21C, 21C. So they're branding now 21C, which means 21st century. So soon you will find them transferring that Facebook page into Islam in the 21st century. And they somehow believe that Muslims will forget that they rode on my back. They stole my intellectual rights. They disrespected my intellectual property. They used me for their own purposes and benefited from that just to get to a point where they can just then take out Sheikh Khalid Yassin says and start to say Islam in the 21st century. This is the kind of slick, clever, criminal young Muslims who claim to be representing Islamic knowledge. This is what they're doing. Now, until now, I didn't mention their names. I, I know their names. We've done our research. We know the five or six or seven young men. Uh, we don't know any women that's with them, but we know the five or six young men who are doing this. And we also know the organizations that they are attached to because they are attached to other organizations. They're not just doing this as Facebook Live, Sheikh Khalid Yassin unofficial. No, they have their own distribution company. They have their own collaboration with some other young Muslims who are assisting them. So this is a situation which, in which other young Muslims are in. They are complicit. They are collaborating. And somehow they're giving the public the impression that this is quite legal and that anyone can do this. And my purpose here is only to set the record straight. No, you cannot do that. There's a price for knowledge. And those who bypass the price, they're just like common thieves. They have no right to do that. This is disrespectful. This is criminal. This is unethical. And we are willing to meet with these young Muslims, wherever they are. We're not going to badger back and forth over Facebook, you know, and Twitter, you know, and Instagram and WhatsApp and Snapchat and, 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 and. No, we're not going to do that. That's, that's very childish. We're not going to do that. Before we litigate, we are giving them the chance because we will litigate, but litigation is nasty. Litigation is distasteful. Litigation, legal litigation will be embarrassing. We're trying to save this embarrassment. We're trying to save ourselves the expense of paying expensive lawyers to do international litigation against this particular group and a few other groups who have been doing it even longer than them. Now, if they don't care about litigation and they don't care about what I have to say today, it's all right, just leave it. And uh, in time, we, we will, as a organization, we will make our decisions and we have given fair warning uh, in the public uh, about our claim and why we're doing this so that when the litigation hits, no one will be able to say that we didn't give fair warning because the object of our litigation is for them to cease and desist. But also the litigation will go further to prosecute them and to acquire from them whatever they have benefited from in a legal way. So anyone can see that beginning a litigation can become very distasteful and very embarrassing and very costly. If this is the route that we have to go, so be it.
we will go that route to clear the path of the knowledge that people will understand in the future they cannot do that because my children have the same rights as anyone else has to benefit from their fathers their grandfather or their great-grandfather's knowledge so if their grandfather built a mosque if their grandfather built a plane if their grandfather wrote a book if their grandfather had a TV program, if the grandfather had any other product, their father. Those children have a right to get benefit. The same benefit that the ones who stole it is getting illegally. Now, let me repeat this part. I didn't mention anyone's name. I could. We have a list of about 27 names. It's all young Muslims. When I say young, I mean some of them are like 45, 40, 35, 30, 25. So these are young Muslims. And I say young because I'm 73. So 45 is still young. I didn't mention anyone's names. And we did not take them to court. Because we mentioned that this would involve a criminal case. And someone could go to jail. And my lawyers would have to make a lawsuit against them to confiscate their property, to cause them, to force them to cease and desist. <clears throat> and this would be shameful. We don't want that to happen. We're trying to avoid that. And that would also be very, as we mentioned, embarrassing for the Muslims in the public. And I am mentioning this because we want to see if we can avoid this calamity because Muslims are facing already too much public embarrassment. But we want to show how Muslims are thinking wrong about the knowledge, about the price of the knowledge, about the value of the knowledge and the sacrifices made for the knowledge. Now, after all of this, most Muslims around the world are, uh, are purchasing black market copies. We, we understand that. Um, we understand that in many places in the world, Muslims cannot afford to pay $10 for a DVD. Uh, in some cases, Muslims cannot afford to pay $5 for a membership uh, to subscribe uh, to a website where they can get um, the lectures in a digital format. We understand that. And uh, we understand uh, that uh, perhaps 40 or 50% of all the uh, lectures that we have delivered in the past 30 years in particular, we understand that most of them have been black marketed around the world. We're not blaming those people. People who are poor people who for one reason or another, they were not able to get it in a format but these people who are purchasing the DVDs in black market format and, and transferring them, they're also doing a disservice. Okay, you're getting some knowledge, and may Allah bless you for that. We're not blaming you at all. But I want you to think about this here. When you get a black market copy, it is cheap, but it is also inferior. And because it's inferior in quality, then we are making another statement. We are saying that the Islamic knowledge does not have to have good quality. And that's wrong. Now we as Muslims, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us, وَأَحْسِنُوا إِنَّ اللَّهِ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us to do the best. Allah, He loved those who do the best. And doing the best means wanting the best, giving the best, producing the best. We Muslims should be committed to the highest quality of any industry that we enter and not to be satisfied taking cheap, inferior copies which have inferior quality 
and then putting them into the market and expecting people to appreciate simply the content of that DVD or that tape or that uh, package or that message that you are sharing. No, people do look at the quality. <clears throat> so those Muslims around the world who are purchasing black market copies, which are cheap and inferior in quality, we understand that maybe you just purchased one and you, you, maybe you will make a few hundred copies for your friends and you are not intending to do something wrong, but you are doing something wrong because what you're doing is illegal. It is also unethical. But you probably say what others say, Sheikh, this is for da'wah and it is only for barakah. Subhanallah. Every lecture I have delivered in the last, I'll say the last 20 years, every lecture I've delivered in every country, in every city that I've went to, I meet people and the first thing they say to me, MashaAllah Sheikh, may Allah bless you. And we thank them for that. Uh, we have so many of your DVDs. People are sending me messages every single day. And uh, in their messages, they are saying to me, uh, Sheikh Khalid, may Allah bless you. We have, we have most of your DVDs. I have never said to any one of them, how did you get them? Did you pay for them? I didn't say that. I didn't say that to them. And I will never say that to them. Because I understand they are doing that out of respect. And I appreciate it. The fact that we have over 2 million uh, Muslims in our social media circle. And I'm honored. I'm, I'm genuinely honored and thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I have touched the lives of so many people. And my aim is not to uh, ostracize or to uh, to say anything to those people to change their feeling about the work that I'm doing. So I'm leaving it to say, may Allah accept from you and accept from us. That's what I have been saying. And my talk today is not to alienate those people, not to reprimand those people who are purchasing and distributing black market copies. I'm telling you, you should stop doing that. You don't need to do that. You need to pay for something that you want. And then when you distribute it to someone else, you need to give it to them as a gift because you paid for it. Or if they want a copy, you should refer them to where you got it from, where you paid for it from. It's just that simple. I can't go to the market and steal something and then distribute it to my friends. And if my friends robbed a bank because we're all poor and they come to our village or they come to our city or our town or our neighborhood and they share the money with us, we can't take that money and use it and somehow say to ourselves, MashaAllah, this is Baraka. This is not Baraka. This is theft of services. This is theft of property. And stealing is stealing. You will not make stealing into Baraka because of your saying. So for my family and my legacy, this Hukuku Fatriya, this intellectual rights, This is not baraka to be taken by somebody else. This is plain and simple. This is theft of services and theft of intellectual property. Now, even as I talk about this in a very dignified way, many Muslims will say, oh, 
The Sheikh is angry. Sheikh, you should not be angry. <laughs> Why are you asking, telling me that I should not be angry? I, I should be angry. If someone stole from you or stole from your mother or stole from your grandfather, you would be angry and you have a right to be angry. But no, I'm not delivering this because I'm angry. And some other people will say, oh, the Sheikh is jealous because other people are making money and he wants to make money now. That's what they will say. No, I'm not angry. And this is not motivated because I want to make money. No, I want to preserve the work that I have done as a part of my legacy to be passed down to my children, to my grandchildren, to my great-grandchildren, and to other Muslims in a way that there will be continuous benefit for them. And if my lectures are preserved and packaged and distributed, and some people will pay for it, some portion of what is paid should go to my children and their children and my children's children. Yes. So others will say, Sheikh, talking like this in the public about this matter, this is aid. In Arabic, it means like shameful, undignified. A sheikh should not speak this way. This is what some people told me. Oh, sheikh, you know, a sheikh like you, a, a da'i, this is like shameful. You should not speak like that. Just let it go. Yeah, okay. If there's a leak in your roof, just let it leak. Don't say nothing. Just leave it alone. You know, if there's a rip in your pants, in your backside, no one should say anything to you about that, huh? Just let it go. If you have a stone in your shoe and you're walking down the road, what you should do? Just let it go. So, dear brothers and sisters, many people will make many conjectures and many claims and they will say many things about what I have to say here today. But let it be clear. I'm saying this motivated to see how we think about the price, the value, and the sacrifice for knowledge. Every speaker, every writer is a human being who traveled, studied, and performed hours of research before speaking and before writing. And this is their own sacred sacrifice. I don't care if they use some ayats of Quran. That is not their property. If they use some, uh, some sources of a hadith, that's not their property. But they brought that Quran, they brought that hadith, and they brought other writings, and they put it into sentences, and they put it into paragraphs, and they put it onto pages, and they also put it into booklet form, and then they traveled, and they delivered it. This is their right. It's called masna'iya. Those of you who are intellectual students of knowledge, find out, do the research for yourself about the rights, the intellectual rights, and also the production rights. This is their blood, and this is their intellectual and production rights, and this is part of the price of knowledge. Uh, dear brothers and sisters in Islam, uh, I have delivered this here uh, as a, uh, a, a prelude uh, to um, initiating litigation against the 27 individuals that we have researched uh, in four different countries. Uh, I am not mentioning their names, although I could mention their names. I could mention the city where they live at. I could mention their companies. I could mention a number of things, but I'm not doing that. I'm just going to the public and saying to them that this is what's going on. 
not just with Sheikh Khalid Yassin, but since um, I have this uh, exposure to social media, and because I'm one of the people who, uh, who happens to be fairly well-known, uh, I want to do my part to stop this cycle. And I want to do my part to identify this pathology. And I want to do my uh, job to open the road and make it clear that anyone Muslim who produces some intellectual properties, if they want to give it away for free and they tell people it is free, it's their own choice. But if they don't give it to somebody for free, you cannot make that assumption and take it. Because if you do, you're stealing. And as for those Muslim brothers and sisters who are going to this particular Facebook page, Sheikh Khalid Yassin, S-H-E-I-K-H Khalid Yassin, I don't tell you not to go there. I don't say that uh, everything they're doing there, they're, they're promoting uh, terrorism or something. No, they're not. These are young Muslims who started out innocently. Uh, at one point, I believe that I was sort of a mentor for them. Otherwise, why would they use my name? I had some attraction for them. So it probably started out very innocently. But it's not, it's not innocent anymore. Because their niya is to take benefit. And then when I approach them to talk to them about it, they become disrespectful and in denial. So now it's not innocent anymore. And before we introduce litigation, which inevitably we will, no one will be able to say, Shekharit, why you didn't speak about this? Why you didn't just ask them publicly to stop? That's what I'm doing now. Uh, the people who are going to Sheikh Khalid Yassin, S-H-E-I-K-H, Khalid Yassin, beware. This is not me. It's not my Facebook page. They say it unofficial, but no one understands what that really means in Facebook language. Because you're saying Sheikh Khalid Yassin says. I didn't say what they say. That is a lie. That is a misrepresentation. It is criminal. It is unethical. It is un-Islamic no matter what they want to try and justify. And the only thing my office is asking for them to do is to collaborate with us, produce some transparency, make someone in my office an administrator on that site so that we can collectively monitor, coordinate, and make sure of the quality and the authenticity of it. That's all we're asking. Now, if we're asking you that in a very dignified way, uh, you should pay heed to that. And if you don't, you will suffer the consequences of litigation and embarrassment and public uh, censure and other kinds of things that will come from this because we cannot allow this to continue. This is what this lecture is about. Now, I take the responsibility um, for uh, negligence, for being naive, uh, not being aware, being unprofessional, whatever anybody wants to say. Check why you didn't stop this long time ago. Well, I'm plugging up the hole now. I am taking action now. And this is the first action that we're taking publicly. We never did this here before. We made some comments on Facebook before. There was some dialogue we made. Anyone can go back and they can see historically a year ago or two years ago, we had some uh, interaction with these guys and we tried to talk with these young Muslims, but it wound up being ignored. In fact, they became very uh, secretive and then they didn't want to talk anymore. So go to that Facebook page, S-H-E-I-K-H, call it Yassin, and you will see their new strategy. And we don't mind if that's the new strategy they're doing. It's, it's nothing new. It's not theirs. But again, this new strategy is just to justify 
and to cover what they did in the past and to keep moving with it. No, no, you need to stop it. Correct it. We will help you because helping you is like helping ourselves. We have no problem to do that. And we don't have any ghilla, no enmity against you. What you're doing is wrong. What you're doing is unethical. And every sensible, decent, dignified Muslim would agree that what you're doing is unethical. Now, the other young people who, are, who have set up companies, uh, who are doing even more sophisticated things, um, we will also contact them. And inevitably, uh, before the end of this year, 2018, uh, if we're not able to come to some kind of an agreement with these 27 individuals that we have researched, um, then we will give it to our uh, legal team and our legal team will get in touch with lawyers in those countries. And then we will engage in a public um, uh, concerted litigation that inevitably Muslims will find out about. But this is a prelude to that. So those people who know me, uh, friends of mine, perhaps you should talk to those young Muslims who are doing this, who have done that, are still continuing to do that, uh, some of them in very sophisticated ways. Uh, you should talk to them and say to them that uh, my office is open for discussion. And we want to avoid aggravation and we want to avoid embarrassment that will be accompanied by this litigation. So this is your brother in Islam, Sheikh Khalid Yassin, speaking to you about the price of knowledge and the theft of it. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept from us what we have done, which is good. And we ask Allah to forgive us from whatever we have done, which is not good. We say, Subhanak Allahumma wa bihamdik, wa nashadu wa la ilaha illa ant, wa nastaghfiruk wa natubu alayk. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.